0: And that when we celebrate Christmas, when we celebrate the Christmas season, that we are celebrating the birth, the reason that the blood was applied, the reason that we are uh, redeemed from, from the law of sickness and death, the reason that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. All those things are, are compacted into, that, that Christ, into the Christ child that was born to, to the Virgin and, and uh, has been celebrated so many years now that it just, it won't stop being celebrated until he comes and gets us. Amen. So one, one thing that I want to help you with is that when, you, when we talk about vision or when we talk about mission, that it's actually something that we see happening. That, that, that vision is something that you see whether you that whether you see it like you see it as it's happening or you see it by eyes of faith that you believe that you're going to see. you're going go you're going to go in this direction until you see something and that's what vision is. And one thing about vision is that vision is uh, something that you need to be able to emphatically answer yes to these three questions. So these three questions are would you be willing to give your life? for the vision or for the mission? Would you be willing to give your life for the vision or for the mission? Would you be willing to give your life savings for the vision or for the mission? I'm not saying anybody has to do that, all right? Don't, don't, don't I'm, this, isn't a, this isn't a sermon about giving a bunch of money. All right, But when you really think about, I think about things, would I be willing to give my life? My family, I would be willing to give my life for. Just they're my family. That's it is my my wife, my children, my parents. You know, my brother. I was um, my brother's birthday was yesterday. For those of you that don't know, today is my birthday. I just want to make sure everybody knew that because uh, it's an important day. Doctor Joe, it is an important day. Today is an important day, and uh, Jennifer, she told me this morning, and one of the sweetest things that she could have ever said to me was, "I am so glad that you were born." And it's such a. It's okay. We can cry some. You can, if you want to shed some tears, because it was very sweet, and uh, and I and it really it touched my it touched me this morning. But I would be willing to give my life for those that are around me, and for for those that for those that that are part of my family. Are you willing to give your life for those that are part of your church? And I'm not I'm not saying like die for them. I'm saying there's things in there's things in your life. Are you willing to give it up for? The church, for your church family, for your, for your family family, for your physical family. And then the third, the third thing that, that you need to be able to answer yes to is would you be willing to say, though none go with me, still I will follow are you willing to do it on your own? Are you willing to, no matter what's going on, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see people peel off and go different directions or answer different callings. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, the group that we were attached to, maybe here at True North that you thought, well, gosh, you know, all these people, that, they've gone off and gone into different directions. Are you still willing to go the direction that God is leading you to go, even if you're doing it by yourself? And I think that's such a that's such a tough question, especially in this day and age, because culturally in America uh, we are so concerned. Like culturally, not now we aren't, but culturally we're so concerned about what do people think about me? You know what 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 do people you know are are, are am I being accepted? Am I being Acknowledged? Am I, you know, am I, am I somebody that's uh, uh, not even an influencer, but just somebody that, you know, I don't, I don't want to be canceled, or I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be uh, made fun of or, or talked, talked bad about those kinds of things. There, there are times in your life that you have to be willing to say, yeah, I, I would do this even if I'm doing it all by myself, because in the, in the, in the day that you are judged before Christ of the works that you do here on this earth. It is all about did you do what Jesus was asking you to do? Did you do the plan that, that Jesus Christ had laid out for you? Did you did you accomplish? And not necessarily did you totally obtain it, but did you do everything that you possibly could to work towards what Christ had already has already given for us, has already has already taken for us? So those are three three questions that I always challenge that I'm challenged with. Would I be willing to give my life for this? Would I be willing to give my life savings for this? And would I be willing to say, though none go with me, still I will follow. Uh, our scripture, our, the scripture for True North Church, and you see it on the wall out in, in, the, in the foyer is Psalms 32, eight. And it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. The New Living Translation says it like this. It says, I will guide you along the best Pathway for your life. There is a path. There is a a a route. There's not. It's not. It's not just a destiny. All right. But there is a there is a route that that we're supposed to be taking. That is a God ordained route. We started. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this because I do think and it's funny. I'm gonna share this because I I think that it applies here. But there was we watched this part of this movie um, Friday night where um what people were doing were they were following a plan all right this this movie i'm not going to tell you what it was cuz if you want to know what it was i'll tell you afterwards but they were they were doing this they were they were walking they were living their lives and it was according to this plan that had already been determined for them and i thought that was interesting cuz i'm like well you know that's really how how god Looks at us. That's how God sees us. He has a a plan for us. He has a a route. He has a path for us to get from birth to death, or from birth to the rapture. Whatever whatever it is, there is a plan that we're supposed to be following. And uh, and you know, and if you don't follow what what I loved about this is because it it so reminds me of how the kingdom of God works, how life works. That if you're not doing what you're called to do it affects so many people around you. If you're not doing what you're called to do, it affects so many people around you. I used to work for a gentleman that uh, he, had an, he had this idea or this mentality of, you know, well, uh, I don't really care what other people do as long as it doesn't affect me. And so he was very tolerant, very very tolerable of different beliefs and different. Now he didn't want me to talk to him about Christianity because you know that's just that's just overstepping, but he didn't mind somebody coming and you know and talking atheistic things with him or talking Buddhist things with him or talk. But he was always like, "Look, as long as the way you're living doesn't affect me, I don't care what you do." But that's not that's not how life works. That's not how this life works. Everything that we do is affecting somebody. And so what we wanna do and what Pastor Jennifer and I are trying to do is to help you get on this best pathway for your life so that you're, you can be in a place of advisement. You can be in a place where you're, you're able to hear what God is telling you, how he's advising you in the steps that you need to take in your life. That you're not just wandering around. Uh, I saw, you, maybe some of you have seen this before the sticker on the back of a Jeep that said, not all who wander are lost. You know, and that sounds all, oh, you know, that's cool. You know, let's go put on our Birkenstocks and and put our hair in braids and stuff like that. That's what I would think, how I think about that. But, you know, that's just saying that, no, they don't really care about the path they're taking. And that's, it's important because everything that we do is affecting somebody. Now, it's either affecting them straight up like, me giving Miss Paula a hug, you know, that, 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 that affects me and that affects her. If I don't give Miss Paula a hug, it affects me and it affects her. See, it's not just the doing that affects people. It's the not doing, too. And as Christians, as, as believers, we have to see that it is just important that we're making sure that we're avoiding the not doing so that we're always doing the doing, you get it? Do you understand that that we want to make sure that we're we're always doing what God is leading us to do? Because if you're not doing it, you are affecting somebody. You are you are you are causing this movie. The movie that we watched was talked about ripples. That there was a, a ripple effect. You know, like when you throw a, pond, a, a stone into a pond and you see all the ripples, and they they ripple all the way until they get back all the way to the shore, and then they go all the way back. And in a in a vacuum, in a perfect air perfect uh, atmosphere, the ripples would continue on and on and on. And that's how it works in life. That's how it works spiritually. Everything that we do and don't do, it affects other people. So basically, simply, we believe that True North Church, that we're here to equip the generations to answer the call. That That is a very, it's a very simple tagline of equipping the generations to answer the call. Our vision is that we're seeing people being equipped, and one word that we like, and maybe not everybody understands, but that you're being outfitted. How many of you have ever been to an outfitter? If you go to Belk's, you're going to an outfitter. All right? If you go, if you go to the—Lily uh, likes Ulta beauty, salon, beauty supplies. She likes going there. That's an outfitter. All right, but we want to make sure that we're outfitting you for this life, for this journey that God has, has called you to and that you're able to effectively answer the call. That means we're equipping you to find and to follow and to finish God's plan for your life. Amen. All right. So that you can know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Those are four things that you should be doing, that you should be getting, We're that we're helping you to find God. We're helping you to follow him. We're helping you to, to run your race, to run your course, to finish your course so that you can know God, so that you can find the freedom that comes from God. Discover your purpose and make a difference. Now, what's cool about uh, find, follow, and finish, and you'll notice on the back walls that we've got those up to find, follow, and finish, is that they they correlate to what Jesus said over in John chapter 14. Go with me to John chapter 14. Praise the Lord. John chapter 14. Go all the way down to... First of all, let me give you what, if, maybe some of you are like, you know, Brad, I don't really know what true north means, all right? Um, true north, the definition of true north is, it's not magnetic north. So you can't find true north with a compass. All right. Does everybody understand? We want to make sure that you understand that. You can't use a compass to find true north. Um, it's not magnetic north. That's why you can't use a compass. It wanders considerably. It even reverses. Uh, you have to know the uh, local magnetic variation to find true north in a particular area. So, uh, True north here in South Carolina is totally different than true north down in uh, Buenos Aires. I'm sorry, magnetic north. Sorry about that. Magnetic north is wanders, yeah. It's not the same. It would look different. You would be pointing in a different direction. See, how many of you know the, the earth is round? I hope that doesn't offend anybody this morning. The earth is round, all right? And if the earth's round, even though it's round, there are still... Coordinates on the earth. There's still lines are called longitude and latitude. Everybody remember this from, from a geography class. And so when no matter where you are on the earth, there is a true north. There is a a north, a n- most northern point on the earth, on the globe, and it's really close to where Santa Claus lives. All right. So You just always remember that, that it's really close to where Santa Claus lives. So it is the direction that leads to the geographic North Pole, which is a real place. So defined true north is what leads you, it it never moves. The geographic, just like uh, this building doesn't move, true north doesn't move, it doesn't change. It's not affected by, by um, you know, solar flares. It's not affected by, um, you know, magnetic variations. It's not affected by weather patterns. It's not, a, true north is not affected by anything because it is firmly established. So what we've done is that we took true north and we say that it is a precise direction. And no matter where you start on the globe, true north will lead you to the same location, meaning that I can be heading true north from here or from China or from Africa or from you know, uh, Norway or Sweden, and we'll all end up in the same place. Psalms 32.8 again says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life and I will advise you and watch over you. In life's journey, we're often uncertain where we stand, where we're going and what is the right path for us personally. How many of you have ever talked to somebody and they're like, I just don't know why I'm here? How many of you have ever, have you ever, have you ever had a conversation where they're like, you know, I'm just trying to find myself. I won't sing that song, but that I'm just trying to to find out who I am and why I'm here. Well, our job as the church, as the body of Christ, is to introduce people to the true north. And we believe the true north is Jesus Christ the true north is Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're excited about that and we're excited. And what that does is in Matthew 28, when Jesus was leaving the disciples, he gave them a task. He gave them a job while they were to, to, to live out while they were on this earth. He told them to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. He said to go into all the world and to make disciples. He told, told them to go into all the world and to make a difference by the power of God but you can only do that if you know the true north. You can only you can only be that person and see the disciples did they knew the true north and so they knew okay these are our march, marching orders this is what we're this is what we're supposed to do. Knowing your true north enables you to follow the right path for your life. That if you find Jesus, if you find God, then you you you're, you're you've started your journey. You've started, you've started heading in the right direction. You've started heading in the right path. And so now our job is to make sure that you're following the right path, that you're following that. And over in John chapter 14, Jesus told him, he's, he's talking to the disciples. And uh, one of the disciples said to Jesus, he's like, Jesus, you know, we have no idea where you're going. We don't understand it. We don't get what you're saying. You, you're talking way above our heads right now. And Jesus looked at him and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said, if you find the way and you follow the truth, then you'll be able to live in the life. He totally mixed those things together to find, follow, and to finish that they're found in him. Everything about God, and that's what's awesome about following him, is that we don't have to come in with our own own stuff, our own abilities, our own... uh, He's already supplied everything that he needs from you. He already gave it to you. He already instilled it inside of you, your gifts, your talents, the things that you love, the things that, the things that bother you. He put all of those things in you so that it could help you to follow him so that you would not end up wandering, but you would be on your direct path all the way to the end, living the life that God has created for you, what he's given for you. Uh, over in uh, Philippians chapter three, we spent a little bit of time on this on Wednesday night, talking about what, um, what Paul was telling the, the church at Philippi. And he's, he told him, he said, look, Jesus has already attained something for you. He, he obtained something. When Jesus on the, on the last day that he was here on earth, physically here on earth, he told him, he said, look, everything, everything is subject to the name of Jesus. Everything is subject to my name. Everything on on this earth and heaven and earth is 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 under the authority that all of this authority now I have this authority. So what I'm doing is I am giving you the authority. Philippians chapter three, Philippians chapter three, Paul's telling, he's he's telling the church of Philippi, he's like, Jesus obtained something so that you can strive to attain it. So that you can strive to, to grab hold of it, that you're reaching forward. If, uh, go to Psalm, uh, Philippians chapter 3, Esther, Philippians 3, go down to verse 12. I know Pastor Jennifer uh, spent some time in this scripture. He says, Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I laid hold of by Christ Jesus. There is, a, there is a why we do things. There's, a, you know, there's a, a what we're doing it for, but the why we're doing it is because Jesus gave us something. Jesus grabbed hold of something for us so that we could live a life that is far transcends, far, is far greater than any life that you could have ever possibly dreamed of for yourself. That's the essence. That is the, the, the essence of being a believer. We don't just come to church to, to, hopefully you don't just come to church just to be at church. Hopefully you're coming to church because you're responding to, to, to part of that call that God has given you on the inside of you. Go to verse 13. Verse 13 says, brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it. See, Paul even, he, Paul was like, I've not, I've not gotten there. I'm still reaching forward. I'm still uh, stretching towards that mark. I'm still stretching towards what what Jesus Christ has already attained for me. He says, I do not regard myself as having laid a hold of it yet. But one thing I do, I got to forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize. Oh, and you're like, yeah, we're going to get a prize. We're going to get a prize. We're gonna get a prize. We're gonna get a prize. But that prize is the call. It says here in the New American Center, it says the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is a, 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 a finish line for you. You can only get there through Christ. You can only reach that destination through Christ. So that means you have to find him. You've gotta follow him so that you can finish in him. It's not, a, and this is, and what's wonderful about it, it's not just a, a, a one time, I'm, I'm reached, I've reached my call, I've reached the prize. You know, I've reached, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a doctor. You know, I've I figured out who I'm supposed to be, and I've, I've, I've run the, I've followed that course, and now I'm a doctor, and I'm all done, and everything's finished. No, there is still a perfecting to how you're living. There's still a perfecting to what's going on in your life. And God wants, he wants to keep you heading in that path. He wants to keep you heading in that direction that he has called you to. And what's beautiful about this, again, everything about following God is all because of what God has already done for you. He's already, he already attained it. He, attained, he obtained that authority that we're now supposed to be reaching for, reaching towards it. We're supposed to be going after it. And it's not an authority of, well, I get to tell people what to do now. No, it's an authority of, hey, nothing's going to stop me from following Jesus. Nothing's gonna keep me from, from showing forth the fruit of what God has done through Jesus Christ in my life. Nothing's gonna stop me from that. So we have to understand that. We have, have to have that mentality of, of I'm, I know the truth, I'm following, I'm, I know Jesus, I'm following the truth and now I'm living the life. So who is our true north and why does it matter? Jesus is our true north. Jesus is the word of God. Without Jesus, we can't know God. You can't, you can't have, you have no idea. You know, people that say, well, I, I know God. You know, there's other religions. They're like, well, I, I know God and I love God. No, you don't know God. You don't love God unless you know Jesus. And that can be a very hard, um, some people will say, well, you just think you're better than me. You know, you just think, well, because you're a Christian that you, you think you're better than me. That is not at all what Christianity is about. Christianity is one of the most open and accepting throughout history except for maybe the, uh, the um, where they were killing other people yeah the Crusades that, that may have been the only time in history in the in Christian history in the history of Christianity that, that Christians were like no if you don't believe in Jesus we're killing you all right that's not how God's called us to be. Okay, it's not it's not how God wants us to live. He that's not it's not the that's not the end result that we're just wiping out everybody that doesn't believe in Jesus. All right. Praise the Lord. That's right. We got that means we have time. We get we have time to get to know Jesus. But without Jesus, you cannot truly know God. Without Jesus, you cannot truly know yourself. And without keeping his commandments, which is the word of God, which is who Jesus is, we'll never truly experience him and what we were created for. So again, it's that that path that he has created for us, that he's, that he's, he's deposited on the inside of us, that, that we're supposed to be following. We can't follow it unless you know who he is. You can't follow it unless you know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's direction, it's true direction, and it's direction that leads us. To life, I like this. Uh, a gentleman said, Jesus didn't say that he would show us a way. He said that he is the way. Jesus didn't say that, that he would, that he would uh, teach us truth, that he would promise to teach us truth. He said that he is the truth. Jesus didn't say he didn't offer us the secrets to life. He said that he is the life. How simple that makes it. How simple being, believe, uh, being a believer makes it. Uh, one, one uh, I'm not gonna say this is a translation, but it's a, just a, a way of saying this. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Jesus said, I am the way which thou must follow, the truth in which you must believe, the life for which you must hope. Everything is, is packed in him. Everything about life and godliness is found through Jesus Christ. And as believers, we have to be just as sure of that in our lives so that others can see it too. It's not a dead-end street. Miss Anne's not it. You know, she doesn't receive it and that's it. No, Miss Ann, she takes the direction, she takes the the commandments, she takes she takes the living by the Spirit and then she applies it in her life. So that when it's when she is dropped into a pond, that ripple affects Dr. Joe. It affects Miss Regina. It affects Mr. Brute. You know, all these people that are connected to Miss Ann, they're all of a sudden now being affected by the life of God. And seeing it doesn't stop with them. It doesn't stop with Dr. Joe and his family. No, Regina and Bruce, they they get it. And then they're dropped into a situation and they're rippled. They've got ripples. You've got ripples. You've got ripples. And it's a good thing. We have, we have a ripple effect going on all around us. Every place that we go, everything that we do, everything that we say or not say is causing ripples. And so we have to remember that. We've got to have that in our head. What am I doing here? You know, you go to work tomorrow and you're like, what in the world am I doing here? It's a ripple. It's a ripple. It's a ripple. And it's not, but it's not effective if you're not living that way. Well, it is effective. I'm like, well you just said it. No, it is effective. You're affecting people no matter how you live. You're affecting people no matter but what God wants is He wants and what we'll be judged on when we when we come to face with Jesus and we're judged for the works that we did, that's what He's gonna be looking at and he's gonna be like, Okay, you did in this situation here, you know, we didn't see the we didn't see the fruit. We didn't see what what, what was supposed to be was supposed to be happening, the way, the truth, the life. So it's important. It is so important. I said that, uh, I was saying that Christianity, some people say that it's closed-minded or that it's uh, strongly, you know, we're, we're only for the Christians or we're only, you know, we're always against the non-Christians. And then that's not true. Um, there are some people that claim to be Christians that are probably some of the hardest people that you know to get along with. But you know what? There's also atheists. That are also the hardest people to get along with. You know what the connection is? They're people. Some people are just hard to get along with. But what the power of God is supposed to do is to make you a person that's easy to get along with. And the power of God is supposed to, to make you a person that, that, that draws people to you, no matter what. Biblical Christianity and the most pluralistic tolerant is the most pluralistic, tolerant, and embracing of other cultural region, culturals. Sorry, cultural religion. I <laughs> feel like, what's his name? Not Daffy Duck, but uh, Elmer Fudd. Embracing of other cultural religions on the earth. Why is that so hard to say? Other people groups. Embracing of other people groups religion on the earth. Christianity is the one religion that does embrace other cultures. There's there's example after example of missionaries that go into go into to, to tribes, they go into to villages, and they totally adapt to their way of living and try and figure out, okay, how can I how can I explain who God is? How can I explain, how can I help them understand why Jesus came? How can I help them understand? It's not, they don't go in and just we're Christians and we're here and we're, you know, everything's going to be different now. They're, they're, so, they're so open to how people were raised, how people lived. Um, they have the most urgency. There's a group called, um, called JARS that's in out, just outside of Rock Hill, South Carolina. And they're, they're, just, they're just one group that is trying their hardest to translate the Bible into every language that's on the face of the earth. That's their goal. And they've got, they have, they have programmer, they have computer programmers, they're like using radios or use it, where, where some countries they can't get paper in or can't, can't get to the print and press, they sure can not get on the internet. And so they, they develop these apps on their phones so that they can read the Bible in their language. And so they're working so hard to get, they're not trying to make them learn English so they can have access to the Bible. They're not trying. They, one of the things that I thought was cool is that you know, in some of these places, they don't understand what a lamb is. They've never seen a sheep. They've never seen you know a, what a cow. You know what, what what those kinds of animals are. And so what they do is they they try to figure out. Okay, what is the most precious thing to this to this people group? What is the most precious thing to this to this group of people? And it might be a chicken. Or it might be, you know, it might it's something else that they can they can relate to, they can understand. They're not saying, well, you know, well, this is you know, showing them pictures. Well, this is what a lamb looks like, and this is what Jesus is, and you know, and no, they don't get that. No, it, it might sound crazy, but he was the most he was an uh the the perfect chicken that would, that laid down his life so that we could eat. That's not sacrilegious, that is making religion accessible. That is making, not religion, but it's making Christianity accessible. It's helping people to understand, okay, God does exist. He sent his son to die for me. He lived a perfect life so that he could die for me so that I could accept him, so that I could live, so that I could have that, so I could know the way and follow the truth and then have the life. So a Christian can keep the native language and culture and follow Jesus in the midst of no matter what's going on. You can, uh, one of the examples that we see in the book of Daniel is how we've been talking about it with our with our men on on Wednesday nights, that the book of Daniel, Daniel was taken out of his his, His culture of religion and placed into a culture uh, that was totally foreign to them, but yet he was still able to live a consecrated life for God. He didn't stain himself with the things of the world. He didn't stain himself. He was able to still live there and still have a relationship with God. How did he do that? It mattered to him. His relationship with God mattered to him and he was willing to do whatever it took to, to make it happen. And, and early criticism of Christianity was the observation that they would take anybody. This is, it, in, according to church history, that people were like, well, yeah, they all just accept anybody at your place. You know, not maybe not their church, but it's your, uh, your, your house or whatever, you know, poor people, rich people, whatever. That's always been a, a, an idea of Christianity that we just accept anybody. Look at your neighbor and go, well, thank God they accepted you, right? You've been accepted by Christ. You've been accepted by God through the the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you were born a Hebrew. It doesn't matter if you were born an American. It doesn't matter if you were born whatever. You were born as a Russian or Ukrainian, whatever it is, you've been accepted by God through Jesus Christ. So you have to know him. You've got to know the way. But but it's it is open. It's for everybody. All are accepted, but on the common ground of the truth is revealed in Jesus Christ. To leave this common ground in Jesus is spiritual suicide for now and eternity. If you leave, if you leave the teachings of Christ, if you leave what Jesus Christ has done for you, if you leave that and you say, I don't need it anymore. It's like spiritual suicide. It's like it's like saying I don't I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not I'm not I'm not going that direction anymore. These are Jesus's words that he said he's the only only way. Jesus said through me it is not through believing certain propositions. It's not through some special kind of faith. It's through Jesus. Plain and simple. We've got to find him. You've got to find him. You've got to find him the truth if you if you get, get down into it finding that we, we find the way and then we, then we know that Jesus is the truth if you continue on in Jap, John chapter 14 verses 19 and 21 19 to 21, I think you have that Esther. He says after a little while the world will no longer see me and he's talking physically. he's telling the disciples physically people will not be able to see me anymore. He said, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Even though though I can't be physically seen with your eyes, you will still see me because of the body, because of the body, because of the body, because of the body, because of the body. Go to verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Verse 21. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will disclose myself to him. So he who has my commandments and keeps them, you have his commandments, you have his word. You know the way, because you have the word but you've gotta follow it. You've gotta follow it. And he says, if you will keep my commandments, you're showing that you love me. And if you love me, you'll be loved by my father and I will, Jesus will love us and he'll disclose himself to us. That means he's gonna continue to reveal himself to us. What is he revealing? He's revealing the, the, the authority, the position now that we have. Remember Philippians chapter 3? He said, Jesus Christ already obtained it. And so now I'm reaching for what Christ has already obtained for me. There's not an attaining and I've got it. I don't need it anymore. No, there's a, there is more. There is so much to Christ there is so much in this life that you have authority over. There is so much in this life that you, that you can understand more, but you can only do it through Jesus Christ. You can only do that. And that's, that's one of the reasons that we're here is that we're here to help people see how the power of God can work in their life according to the truth that is disclosed to us in the word, the word of Christ, the word of Christ Christ. Verse, uh, go down to John chapter verse first John chapter four. I'm sorry. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians thirteen. First Corinthians thirteen. He says here in, in fourteen twenty one again. He says, "He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him." We know that uh, that God is love. First Corinthians 14 talks about what love is it gives these definitions of love uh, Esther you can go there if you if you can first Corinthians chapter 13 the the word love here in in the strongs is brotherly love I'm talking about who we are as a church I'm talking about but what our purpose is here at church that we should be the best the best example of the love of God in upstate South Carolina we should be the best example of the love of God here in the this, in this state of South Carolina, in, this, in the Western, you know, North Carolina, South. We should be the best example for that because Jesus Christ gave himself for us, put himself on the inside of us, sent the Holy Spirit so he could live on the inside of us so that we could have the love of God. Verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse one, 1 Corinthians says, if I speak with tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse two: If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if all and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. This word love here is is brotherly love. It is a charity. It is a goodwill. It is a benevolence. It's something where you you care about other people. You honestly you care about them. And if we understand the effect that we have on other people, we're gonna treat it. We'll treat them different. We'll have a different a different idea about them. We'll have a, having a different understanding of what they really need. What people are really looking for in these days, as they're riding, as they're trying to, you know, everybody's got a reason now to overtake the uh, the the capital. You know, everybody's got a reason. This is the reason we're overtaking the capital. is this, you know, some sort of injustice to something or, or somebody. Listen, overtaking the capital doesn't save souls and give people life in Christ Jesus. Being a Christian, living a godly life a, 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 as, a, as a man or a woman of God, that helps people see what Christianity is about that is that part of that ripple effect that you're affecting other people, not stirring up wrath and anger, but you're stirring up love and compassion because you are a person of love and compassion. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move, remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Verse three, if I give all my possessions to the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Verse four, love is patient. It's interesting how he puts patience here first. Cause uh, I think especially like this time of year, this can be the most, some of the most impatient people that you've ever seen. Can be all around the place. <laughs> can be all, you know, everywhere you go, it's like, man, people just aren't patient. Um, when, we were, when we were in England, um, one of the things that I noticed, and maybe it was just I don't I don't know I don't know if it was because of where we were, but it seemed like people had manners towards each other. Like there was a there was a certain amount of um, I don't know. Yeah, there was like a respect, like on the on the on the interstate when you're driving. Slow people aren't in the fast lane. They really they weren't, and I was. And I realized that quickly. And so I would get out of the fast, out of the fast lane because I, I was the slow person. And so there's this like, there's this, 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 this order and, 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 it's a, and it's a cultural, uh, just the way they're raised and you know, they're very culturally aware of, of other people. And, but there was like, you just felt like, well, people are patient. You know, how many times do you just, do you, I mean, myself get so frustrated with somebody and how they drive? Like what, in, what? How in the world did that person get a license? You know, yeah. You how does how do those things happen? Or when you're in the store and somebody's fumbling through trying to get the the card machine to work, or you know, doing doing whatever. There's got. We have love is is part of uh, being a person of love is having patience and being patient and not expecting things to be perfect or to be to be you know. You're just, you're just patient because you're a child of God. It's not jealous. It does not brag, it's not arrogant. Verse five does not be active unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. We see in verse eight, "Love never fails. Love never fails. Following God, following Jesus, following the Word looks like that. Just plain and simple. It, is, it looks just like that. You find Jesus, you're going you're to follow him like this. If you, if you find that there's things in your life, that, that you struggle with with this this definition of love and you're saying, well, I don't really have patience in that area. Or, you know, I, have, I tend to be jealous in, in this, this particular area. With, or, or, you know, I, I tend to brag about this. You know, no, there has got to be a continued, our desire, that's why you never stop growing, that you never stop changing into this image that Jesus Christ has for you. And it's not, it's not, it's, while it's out of reach, it's still something you should be reaching for. You should still be going for it. You should still be going for it. Real quick, um, Let's, we'll, we'll wrap this part up. He says, we, we say here that God has called, he's equipped us and he's empowered us to do it. John seventeen twenty three. just write this down. He put his love on the inside of you. He put what he's wanting you, how he's wanting you to live. It is on the inside of you. It's his love. It's his love. It's his love. It's his Jesus. It's his word. It's his love. And it's what we're going to find out next week is that it's his life. Let's all stand. Our desire is to help people to find, to follow and to finish the life that God has for them. Our desire is to help you to, to, to find God, to love him, to love others. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. We thank you, Father God, that as Jesus said, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father. No woman, no child comes to the Father except through him. We're so thankful that that he could say that because he lived a life, he lived a life that we're reaching for, that we're striving to obtain. We're striving to, to, to walk in it and to be in it, to live in it, to grow in it, to love it. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you as, as we're as we're getting ready this week to, to, to get together with family and friends. That Father God, that you're you're helping us, you're you're helping us to remember that love that's been placed on the inside of us. That as believers, we have that love is there because of Jesus. And Lord, as people are are struggling and as they're they're concerned or they're worried during these days, that Father God, that they can see in us what the love of God has done. And that Father, that that we're affecting them for the kingdom of God. Help us, Father God, to be mindful of that. Help us, Father God, to be mindful that, that we are trying, that we are working towards affecting people for the kingdom of God. We thank you for it. And we praise you for it. You know, the Bible tells us just uh, that, that that when we've missed it, we've missed it in life. You know, maybe we've, we've not done a good job of walking in love. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you don't walk in love, you are walking in unrighteousness. You are walking in, in, in something that you weren't made for. God didn't create you to be unrighteous. He created you to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so the Bible makes it easy. He's like, if you mess up, if you fail, which we're gonna do, we're, we're all gonna mess up. We're all gonna make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. The, the, he makes it easy. He says, let me know. Just confess your sins. I was trying to think of a better way to say that, but I believe the Bible did pretty good saying it that way. You, you say, God, forgive me. You know, I was I was rude to that lady. I was rude today. Forgive me. And he says he'll forgive us and cleanse us from that unrighteousness. So that means that's that stuff now should not be affecting your love walk. Those ideas, those thoughts in your head of what you did. God's erased them and he's taken them away. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for that? God is so good. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Well, we're gonna close. Uh, Pastor Jennifer's got some announcements.